I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light on Light Through, episode 334. My review of No Time to Die, the final Daniel Craig as James Bond movie. Well, my wife and I finally saw that movie on Amazon Prime. We very much enjoyed it. In fact, although it has its flaws... I'd say No Time to Die is certainly among the very best James Bond movies ever made. Let's begin with that shocker of an ending, and of course there are going to be spoilers here. Bond dies. I didn't like to see that as it was happening, no, not at all, but it is a highly original way of ending a Bond movie for sure, and the movie deserves credit for that. It does explode or reveal as a myth the fact that Bond never dies. Those around him die, and he must suffer that, but not Bond himself. And now that's changed. Now the words on the screen at the end of the movie do assure us that we'll see Bond again, and this will no doubt occur the way it's been presented in every transition to a newly acted Bond since it first happened back in Sean Connery's reign, actually twice, once for only one time with George Lazenby, and then for a new series of Bond movies, of course, with Roger Moore. In those and every subsequent case, the new Bonds were introduced with no mention of the fact that they looked different from their predecessor. Now, the same logic says the new post-Craig James Bond can be introduced with no reference to his predecessor, or her predecessor, but I don't see how a woman could be named James, but I guess that's possible. But in any case, with no reference to the predecessor, that is the Bond played by Daniel Craig, being killed. What this, I suppose, means is that Bond's death at the end of No Time to Die is really no big deal, even though it meant the world in the context of that fine movie. Now, I did have two quibbles about the two crucial characters to that death. Rami Malek was superb as the arch-villain Safin, who engineered Bond's death. No one can match Malek's way of delivering powerful lines in a soft voice and a nearly expressionless face. But given the profundity of Bond's death, I would have rather seen it done by a lifelong adversary, like, for example, Blofeld, who unfortunately is not able to step up to that role because he's earlier been killed by Bond in yet another nefarious soften move on this lethal chessboard. And similarly, Although Madeline, very well played by Leia Sedu, as a most worthy love of Bond's life, well, we unfortunately don't meet her until the very beginning of this movie. I would have rather seen someone we already know in previous movies. 
Of course, since Vesper was already killed, it would have been difficult to pull someone out of the earlier Craig as Bond movies, but nonetheless, that would have added a special gravitas in No Time to Die. Bond's daughter was a really nice part of this movie and did have a gravitas of its own, but a mother with a history of Bond loving her before this story and this movie began would have added something more. But other than that, I'm nothing but an enthusiastic fan of this great movie. In fact, I thought every other aspect of the movie was outstanding. I especially love the reprise of Louis Armstrong's We Have All the Time in the World at the end of No Time to Die. We have all the time in the world. Wow, that reprise, of course, was from Her Majesty's Secret Service, where it was also played at the end of the movie. In other words, the death of Bond's true love in On Her Majesty's Secret Service and then, all these years later, the death of Bond himself get the same musical aftermath. Unless you're made of stone, that song is just bound to bring a tear to your eyes. In the world. What a great song. By the way, uh, I don't know how many people know this. Hal David, the famous Hal David, who wrote so many great songs with Burt Bacharach. Hal David wrote the lyrics to that song. Bacharach didn't write the music. That music was written by the guy John Barry, I think his name is, who wrote a lot of the music for a lot of the Bond movies. Now, thinking about what the next Bond movie will bring, we have the question of how many of the agents and administrators in No Time to Die will survive. I see no reason why all of them can't survive, deprived, of course, of any grief at the loss of the bond played by Daniel Craig. You know, I've seen and I've really enjoyed every Bond movie, every Bond movie ever made, pretty much in the year in which they were released. And I'm certainly looking forward to more. And I hope you enjoy that review, uh, really uh, pretty late after the movie was released. My wife and I didn't go to a movie theater because, well, we didn't want to risk COVID as much as we love James Bond, but we did finally see it on Amazon Prime. So good for them for putting up that movie. I will be back here soon with a review of, let's see, there's a new episode of The Orville just up today. I owe you reviews on a bunch of other good series that are on various streaming services. So I'll be back here soon. In the meantime, stay safe, stay sound, and please keep doing whatever you can to help those brave people of Ukraine. Get those Russian fascists who have invaded their country. Get them packing and on their way back to Russia. The Light on Light Through podcast.
Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries.